Sonic Talk. Hello and welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 460, recording today live Wednesday, the 24th of August, 2016, uh, as we rush headlong, uh, well, kind of not headlong, but sort of if the final furlongs towards 500, which is going to be a very special moment. I suppose that's going to be beginning of summer next year, but I'm, I don't know, maybe I should start planning the party now. But in the meantime, I want to say thank you very much to our show sponsors. Uh, we've got a little thing from Isotope. Isotope will be talking about vocal synth. That comes about halfway through the show, where you get the opportunity to win a copy of Vocal Synth, uh, not just a vocoder plugin, lots and lots of uh, vocal processing. Plus, uh, we'll announce the winner from last week's competition. Uh, if you're first time this, uh, we stream live every Wednesday, 4 pm. Uh, you can see us on sonicstate.com forward slash live, where we embed the YouTube stream. We've got our own IRC channel, or you can watch us directly on YouTube, which is uh, YouTube slash sonicstate slash live. Uh, and you can participate there either chat room i try and keep up with both of them but as you can imagine it's quite hard to monitor both and present a show and produce it but i'll do my best anyway i want to say thank you very much to my guests for joining i'll just do a quick chat room hit there we are oh that's not the chat room is it that's the chat room excuse me that's the ad this is how this is this is what i'm see i'm just talking about having to read two chat rooms has, has caused me problems anyway there they are well welcome to the chat room uh, um users and also want to say help we've got a new guest as well this week i'll start with rich hilton though because rich hilton is here from connecticut uh where he works with Nile rogers uh, in the studio and also on stage with the uh, chic the traveling disco circus as i think he's called it in the past uh you're this is just a brief visit for you i think isn't it you're back off on tour pretty shortly yes i leave again on saturday wow so is that europe or other interesting climbs no, this is the western part of North America. Three shows, uh, Vancouver, um, Calgary, and Seattle. Ah. And then the following week, we're going to Rome, which uh, has unfortunately been hit by a major earthquake or someplace Oh, yes, outside I, I of think Rome. I heard some news today. I hope that's not too bad. Um, apparently it oh. is. Uh, but in any case, we're going there to play uh, in early September with an orchestra. Ooh, that sounds cool. Does that mean you'll get to rehearse? Because with an orchestra, or they don't need to. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun, actually, Rich. So. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Is there going to be any uh, video record of the procedure? Is it going to be broadcast or DVD'd or anything? It should be, I guess, if it's going to... I, sh I probably should know the answer to these questions. Um, but in fact, I don't. <laughs> That's all quite all right. Uh, but thank you very much. Well, anyway, Rich, welcome to, uh, aboard. Nice to have you. Um, and we've also got uh, Charles Chicky Reeves, who uh, we will refer to as Chicky because everybody else does. Uh, of sublime-uk.com. Charles is a mix engineer, front house guy. In fact, he's a mate of Robbie Bronneman's who's been on the, t on the same tour with Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. And you're joining us from your London facility, right, Chicky? I am right in the middle of London where it's nice and hot today. It's 32 degrees outside. So, oh. And there's no air conditioning, so there you go. Well, I've got, I've <laughs> um, got my air conditioning on, but it's, uh, it, it's not really necessary, but it was really hot yesterday, so sometimes the heat stays in the roof and it just radiates down here. But So, uh, Ch Charles, this is your uh, a mix room. Is that what you've got there? Is that what? Um... Yes, it is. Um, I have console here, keyboards. Uh, lots of computer stuff. I don't know. Should I turn the camera well, around? If it's, if it's not going to break anything, hey, why not? Uh, so let's see if I can get a good angle here. Uh, ah, so, so there's... There you go. Uh, that, this is where I sit. This is where is I mix. That, is that, and that's a t is that a TLA desk? 
It is. It's a TLA VTC. It's uh, 24 inline channels and then eight stereo returns and a few things like that. And I, I mean, I like to mix in the box, but I love the sound of going through a console. It's just so. Are you using that for summing more than uh, than actual kind of processing EQ that kind of thing? Is that what you tend to do? Yeah, I do. Um, I do a lot of. Um, I sort of I treat, it, treat it like stems, you know. So I'll do, I'll do a kick and snare, and then drum overheads, and this four channels right there. I, I won't separate toms and things like that out. Um, Basses, and in fact, I'm looking at the at the mix lineup I have right now. So I have all my vocals grouped together, lead vocals grouped together, strings, guitars, pianos. You know, so I'll I'll have everything spread out all over the console just to just get a nice sort. It is summing, but I treat it more like stems, and also it makes it easy whenever I have to run off stems for people too. Which so, oh, when you do the stems, it. you're bouncing that you're not you're not doing a kind of internal bounce for those. You do it real time and. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but yeah, I love going through the console, and I, I love I love this console, although it is a little bit tricky in the sense that it has to warm up. It takes a long time to warm up and get the channels functioning. Some of you know, you turn it on within five minutes. Some channels are reading ten dB hotter than others. <laughs> and is it the, is it the valve one or is it the? It, it, it's the all valve one. So it's it's valve on each channel. And each channel is two different inputs that you can run simultaneously. So it's 48 channels you can have it. Um, and then it's valve on the groups and then a valve on the outputs as well. Wow. So very valve. So I'm it's, guessing um, in the winter, it must be nice and cozy in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, in fact, well, I've just been doing a session. I was mixing for five days. And we we had, had this on. And just this, this whole side of my studio just opens up completely. The door is accordion out and everything. And it was still just so blazingly hot in here, even though outside it was pretty nice. Um, winter time, though, yeah, I don't turn the heater on. And, and this is actually more expensive to run than the heater running at full blast. It's just my electricity bill is <laughs> three, four times what it normally would be. Right, okay. So, you, so yeah. you've really got to love those valves then, I'm guessing. And, and what, <laughs> I uh, do. What, what's the uh, keyboard? I can see, is that a Juno 106 I can see back there? Yeah, so I have... Uh, in this particular rack, I have a bunch of stuff in storage too, but in this rack I have an uh, Oberheim Matrix 6, Juno 106, JD800, Kurzweil K2000, lovely little piece of kit, uh, Mini Brute, uh, uh, Mini Log, and then going towards this way I got the Reface and my Push and and my OP1. Re which Reface are you using out of interest? The, the CS. Ah, yeah, and I enjoyed it because I remember reviewing that and I did actually quite enjoy it. I mean, it's you know, it's it's unashamedly VA, but it's it's a real it's very easy to kind of get somewhere very quickly with it. How do you find it? I'm guessing you find it pretty good because you bought I, one or you kept. Yeah, well, I, I I love the Blade Runner soundtrack. That's probably the most influential piece of music I've ever heard. I mean, for for my own music, and uh, and so I mean, I know it's not a CS80, and it's it's not even a CS. 20 <laughs> but it's but it is it just has a very cool sound to it it's very easy to get nice pads up on it and that's what i use it i basically use it as a pad machine um uh because you know some keyboards like you know like the op1 it doesn't really do pads particularly well but it does leads really nicely um so i just use it just as like a sonic filler it just sounds beautiful it's very rich sounding and of course i rented lots of valves onto tape and stuff like that and it sounds 
even better. So excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, Rick, are you using valves in your studio for um, for just regular signal path, or is it kind of something that you would use for taste? You know, certain preamps and or microphone uh, uh, types of microphones. Rich, just out of curiosity. Well, in our studio, uh, we tend to record one thing at a time, uh, and I do have a nice tube uh, input path which is a UALA 610 signature edition, which has essentially a 610 preamp section and an opto compressor behind it. And it's really, really nice. Um, and then there's other, you know, there's an, a Neve path, a vintage Neve path, and a vintage API path that I have as well. And those are the three main paths I use. So lately I've been actually quite enamored of my current microphone and through the tube channel but they're all great sounding channels yeah nice well i think uh what have i got here i've got i think a behringer ada 8000 and uh <laughs> i haven't got any high quality uh mic amp stuff but it seems pretty actually i use the xr18 which i think actually sounds pretty good if i may say so myself i don't know uh, oh, I, I, what are those? oh you do yeah gaz is yeah because gaz did i what that's what all, all the keyboards are running into one of those i i, I love it i mean the Midas preamps are excellent um, it's in fact, I've done a few remote recording projects where I just take that and a, and a uh, laptop running waves tracks live and just track a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, it only goes up to 48, but it's, it's fine. Yeah, it it's just 24 bit so. and you get 18 IO on it, don't you? So you can, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, let's, well, let's begin then. Uh, we'll start with, um, the news that Roland are doing a 909 day. I think I can just play this cause it's, uh, there we go. Here it comes. In this 9th of September, streaming live for 24 hours with 33 new products and some fancy 3D graphics, which presumably will uh, mask the awkwardness that live streaming can sometimes <laughs> encounter, <laughs> particularly on a corporate level. Um, and that's not a criticism, Roland, that's just generally speaking. But this is exciting news. There's big news. Uh, we think we have no inside knowledge this time. Sometimes Roland get in touch with us and they say, yes, would you like to look at this first? We haven't had any of that this time. Uh, and we think, uh, I was looking at Ask Audio, somebody's talking about maybe a System 8 which is uh, maybe a larger kind of system one type of thing. And also three boutiques have been mentioned. But again, this is completely unofficial off the record. But the, it's a very ambitious concept. They're going across all the time zones. And I'm guessing, I don't know how many people will be going for the full full 24 hours, but obviously we'll try and uh, keep you abreast of the news. But it feels like quite a big a big event, and they do this every uh, September. I think they have a oops, they have a, a, a thing. Rich, I, I don't know if you're. Uh, are you hoping for anything from them? I think the other thing that was mentioned was video switching, which might be interesting to me, but probably not anybody else. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not hoping for anything in particular, but they did mention something about they they listed like five or ten genres, and then they said and some <laughs> new genres as well, or something. And uh, in as much as they've sort of revolutionized the mixer business with that automatable mixer that they released last year or two years ago. I'm kind of interested to see where they go next. Um, you know, they've had V-Piano. They've had a lot of really... They're doing real development over there. And uh, yeah, across a lot of coming up with some pretty cool stuff. 
So I'm interested to see what they bring. I don't, I don't have any guesses and I don't have any, you know, oh gosh, I hope they'll, you know, I'm not sitting here wishing for Mrs. Potato Head. But, um, <laughs> With Middy, M- Mrs. Potato Head Mark II, I think you'd probably be... Uh... You know how in the first Toy Story, it's Christmas morning and Don Rickles as Potato Head is over there going, Mrs. Potato Head. Mrs. Potato Head. <laughs> like he's, he keeps hoping that one of those gifts is going to be Mrs. Potato Head. Excellent. But anyway, I'm not over here hoping for Mrs. Potato Head or anything, but I'm really quite interested to see what they do. There's a lot of talk about 909, possibly, which I, I'm not sure what the logic would that yeah. be, because, I mean, they reduced the TRO-8, which has got 909 voices in it, so unless it's an actual recreation analogue, it doesn't seem to make sense, or they're maybe maybe they a variant of the TRO-8, maybe a TRO-9. That is possible, I guess, that might be a bit more familiar and cosmetically different. I don't know. Uh, Chucky, have you heard anything? Are you hoping for anything? Will he be up all night? Uh- well, I hope it's not, you know, uh, 33 you know, new cables for us to plug things with. Uh, you know, but I've, I've heard from a friend of mine who's in the sort of retail side of all this. And he said he was told that they will be useful things and things he would like as well. So, you know, I haven't heard much about what they're putting out. I, I guess, you know, they're they're probably playing a little bit of catch up to the coolness factor that, that Korg has had with uh, you know, the mini log and doing the R policy and so forth. I, it'd be nice to see them like fully embrace an analog path for a bit. But that said, they've done so much with, you know, their, with the VA stuff. I, I mean, they really set the bar quite high with that. So yeah, but I don't, I mean, I don't know anything. No, I, mean, I wonder. Just... I mean, I wonder because obviously they they started with the analog path. They have a single voice in the JDXI and the four voices in the XA. I mean, there's presumably, you know, just from a technical point of view, that means they are up to speed. They have manufacture capability again of analog path stuff. So you know, it's possible, I suppose, that that might be expanding. Uh, but I mean, we just don't know. But th- I mean, that might be a cool idea to kind of go for a look. Here's a here's something that is more analog. Uh, and you know, but yeah. I, I don't know whether it's that important to them. I'm not sure. No, I don't think it. It doesn't seem like it is. And and also with this announcement about the the video switcher and so forth, I'm sort of thinking that they're they they are embracing the idea that you know sound and music is, is going to be a lot more than just you know a left and a right channel. That it's there's that it's going to be a, a more experiential and that, that'd be that'd be very cool. I think uh, I mean a few other companies have been playing with the idea of integrating at least some sort of visual aspect with, with their audio equipment. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be really nice if that's what they end up doing. I'd, I'd definitely dive into it. Hmm. Well, uh, it's going to be on the 9th of the 9th. Uh, I don't know when it starts, actually, what point, whether it's going to be Eastern Standard Time or uh, where in the world that 4 p.m. is, I suppose. But uh, from 4 until 4, but depending on which part of the clock you're in, uh, we won't know for sure. But uh, it's well worth uh, checking out if you're interested and that's a lot of products to release isn't it i mean and it kind of makes sense to do it in one big go uh you know away from the noise of the trade shows you could just kind of go here's all our new stuff here it comes and and i guess but i mean pulling that all together in one big lump has got to take a lot of work which is maybe why they've been relatively quiet recent uh, in recent times um okay let's see what's next um I oh uh, let's uh, let's do uh, oh yeah here we go this is the uh, this has been getting a lot of um, stuff going on I'm sure if I'm going to play the video if, I guess it's going to be one of those days where nothing works that's awesome there it comes here we go go again oh, there.
you can't predict what's going to pop out of all of this. And that's why I think it's important for DJs to expand beyond showing up with a laptop and making things more musical, more live, more risky. It's just going to be fun to watch. That's right, this is the, uh, the, the final emergence of the Torres, which I think is going to be shipping next month, mid-next month. The, uh, the the brand new hardware slash MPC style slash TRO8 style uh, slash machine style sampler, but it does actually sample inboard sequencing standalone, and it's got obviously the Dave Smith uh, circuitry uh, on the outputs. I believe it's not per part. But a lot of people have been getting very excited by this, uh, or certainly they were when it was first trailed at, at Mesa. We saw it under a glass case. We talked to Dave and the other developers, uh, and, you know, it sounded like it's going to be a thing. And people are kind of... Because it's one of those things when the market, or at least, you know, the, the, the noisemakers amongst the, the forums or whatever, go, I want a real MPC, I want a standalone hardware, blah, blah, and, and here it is. So, you know, fill your boots, I guess. I think it's going to be around... What did, what did I... Um, what did I find? It's like thirteen hundred. Yeah, thirteen hundred UK. So I guess fifteen, sixteen hundred US dollars. Which I don't. You know, people are going. Oh, well, that's really expensive. But then, you know, it's not just a controller. That's why it's it's got all the other stuff in yeah. it. So I, I don't know. It's going to be cool. Are, are you a, a an MPC user? I mean, is it does it feature in your life that kind of whole routine? I mean, the i i MPC does the 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 iPad, um, the iPad app. I love that. I use that for a lot of things. But otherwise, I, I use my Push Two for that type of tactile that tactile sort of programming thing. I, I, I used to have an MPC-60 um, and then a 3000, and then I got rid of that years ago and just haven't really looked back that direction. I mean, this this thing seems quite nice. The Dave Smith stuff on it is, it, I guess that's why it is so expensive, because, I mean, it's 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 a sampler, and, you know, samplers are pretty easy to come by. It's, it's the same price as a laptop which probably can do a bit more. So I'm kind of kind of surprised it's that expensive. So I'd assume it's because of the the Dave Smith filters and well, that, the hardware. They're also, they're also talking about there's a, a Pioneer DJ Sync thing, isn't there, which runs off some of their hardware. So you can sync it to the tempo of uh, the track that you might be working on. So you could actually have a, a, a digital... I mean, that, there's that side of it as well, which I believe... I don't know too much about, uh, about it, but I think it's... They're obviously aiming to try and kind of bring sampling into hardware sampling in uh, for DJs. But I guess if you're a DJ and you're using like Tractor or tra- any of those kind of things, then it's kind of doing that already. So it's a bit, tr- I, I don't understand fully. What do you think? Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I, sorry. No, it's okay. No, I, I was just curious. I, I, I'm not, I'm not clear what their market is on this. Um, but the DJs I know, I, don't think would go for this. I think they'd rather have kind of everything in their laptop. If and, they've already got it there, and, yeah. I, I can understand that. But I don't know. I mean, certainly live, um, there's that bit where, you you know, I remember when we were touring, we were using S500s for a long, long time till way past they were obsolete. Well, not obsolete, but out of production. And then it was kind of like, okay, well, what do we do now? And everybody seems to have gone to main stage, but there still seems to be, a, you know, there, there's a possibility of having a dedicated piece of hardware for playing back samples live that isn't a computer because some people still are, aren't comfortable having it. I don't know what you think about that, Rich. I mean, we have covered this a little. You, you've got your RD, doesn't it, with the, that you use live will play back certain samples and what have you on a basic level. Yeah. 
very limited need and application of that sort of technology. But yes, that's what I do. But I just had this conversation with a friend of mine who's been sort of neck deep in Muse research pieces for about a decade now. And apparently they're uh, about to switch everything over to main stage. Ah, okay. Because it's lighter, it's easier to ship, it doesn't break down as much, it's more reliable, you can maintain your computer specifically for this one purpose and just that's all it's got to be able to do. And if you, if you do that, it will tend to run pretty reliably for a long time. Okay. And apparently people really like main stage. I've used it. I used it when it first came out just as sort of a source of a backup in case everything went to hell and I showed up and they didn't have what I needed. Um, and it's really good. It's cool. You get your whole VI world, you as know. As long as they're able able to, surely yeah. you can't run VSTs in it, can you? Unless you've got a wrapper, maybe? Uh, probably uh, not, but unless you're running probably BlueCat. Blue, I'm sure within BlueCat you could, uh, the patchwork program, which yeah, I have become works. an enormous fan of, where you can run basically anything anywhere it's it's really oh, quite cool and create whole, whole create oh blue cats patchwork is one of the coolest pieces of software i've gotten in the last two years okay i'm gonna i'm looking that up blue cats patchwork it's amazing if we haven't covered it we must because people need to know about this thing it's great just going, you can create whole signal paths of au vst whatever you want and store them and have them going simultaneously. Sites just so broad, and that matrix approach they give you is so cool. Huh. I may be, and I may it be allows wrong, you. But, sorry, I was thinking, can't you yeah, also, you, if you have 32 bit, I mean, uh, yeah, 32 bit plugins, if you want to run them in a 64 bit format, you can run them through Patchwork also. Which apparently is so. Wow. That is Apparently impressive. So. I get. Isn't that it's is that great. a similar sort of vibe to like um, the the kind of waves DigiGrid, you know, that kind of stuff, which is just like a. But those are specific plugins that work only in that environment, I guess, aren't they? Well, DigiGrid is a hardware hosting concept, if I understand correctly, where they're actually offloading their stuff to a specific place, which is supported in their hardware, much like UA does, right? With their stuff, huh? Well, I this is just a resident host that will launch into anything, including AAX, and allow you to run all your VST and AU. So you could you, you could probably run that with uh, uh, with GarageBand, uh, not GarageBand, with um, Mainstage. Mainstage. My point exactly. That is interesting. Yes. You that is an interesting. I, I guess the thing is, I mean, because when we were looking at Mainstage, it just wasn't really production ready, and I guess it's been through a lot of iterations. We've had full OS updates and what have you. Now it's kind of, I don't know. It's, Main stage is yeah. pretty rocking all along, but this Blue Cat thing uh, came out a couple of years ago, and it's become a game changer for a lot of people because the whole AAX crowd can now run anything they don't have in AAX. You know, all those uh, reluctant developers who didn't get on board. Yeah. You could still run their uh, AU and VST stuff. That looks cool. I'm just looking around to see how much it costs. In, and you can create these whole modular rig. I mean, when I say modular, I mean multiple VI rigs, you know, in, as one thing that are then openable in any DAW or in does a standalone format. Does it run instruments as well? Yes. Ooh, yes. There's a, there's a version of it that, that it's... So you have Blue Cat Patch for and then you also... There's, I think it's called Instrument Patch or something like that, and you can run VST synths in it. It works. Yeah. VST set running in Pro Tools. It's absolutely no problem. Ah, ah. Yeah. Running through an AU compressor and a VST reverb. 
That's a and all saved as a patch a ne- and a openable idea. in any DAW. You want. I was curious. So, um, Chicky, are you using this kind of stuff live, or are you using most? I am. Really? So what? So you're processing yeah. front of house stuff through this kind of thing? I use uh, well when I mix live, I use uh, either an Avid S6L or a Profile. Profile is the older console. S6L is kind of a replacement for it. Uh, on the S6L, I'm running AX plugins, and the Profile I run TDM plugins. And then for all of my that's for like basic effects, but so much of my show is based around cues. I do because I I used to mix a lot of dub stuff. Passes I carry a chaos pad with me with for delays, and all the like reverb splashes on snares and time delays and stuff. I have like in main stage I have my set list programmed in there, and then I have um, each, each there's a whole set of plugins. So I carry a little interface that's uh, six in six out. So I run six from the console and then stereo back just into a couple channels. And I cue and I, I carry my OP one with me just to trigger the effects to happen. It's a pretty crazy setup. But yeah, I use use main stage, I use blue cat, I use for all my delays, I use guitar rig five. It's like You've got <laughs> a, a lot of plugins. Are you running that on a laptop or are you running Mac Minis? Because I know Mac Minis have been sort of pressed. It's certainly more maybe more on stage than perhaps at front of house. I don't know. I'm using a laptop because it's just easier for me to carry that around because it's it's a screen and the yeah, CPU sure. and, and but um, yeah and and then I'm starting to integrate. There's a, a program I know we're veering off topic from the from the Pioneer, but then there's this program called uh, Duet which I got for my iPad Pro, and that runs it as a touch in a, a very high resolution touch screen second screen for my laptop through the Lightning connector, and so. So I like can cue effects and make changes on the fly instead of having to use the trackpad or anything like that. And yeah, it's quite a setup. It's, most people, when they see my setup, they they sort of like, wait, what's going on here? This is very strange, but it achieves the results I want. It's it's fantastic. Nice. That sounds really interesting. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. Back to the pioneer. I, I mean, it's coming out soon. <laughs> it seem it does seem like it's interesting, isn't it? It's one of those things that has been, uh, like I say, people have been cr- say they've been crying out for, but in actuality, maybe that's not so many people. And that's actually probably one of those instances of the time where you know you get two people in a thread going, "This is rubbish," and everybody sort of perceives something as rubbish, or "This is good," everybody perceives it as good. In fact, maybe they're maybe the influence was was less influential than we thought. But I, I mean, wish them luck because it's a new thing, and I guess. You know, it's always good to have a new manufacturer coming into the kind of instrument world and hope that they kind of, you know, can can make a difference and get move on from there and, and refine and whatever. Or maybe this is going to have some absolute killer features that people are just going to go, yeah, this is much better for me than, you know, using a laptop. I, I don't know yet, but we, it, we, we'll see. I guess they'll be coming in uh, soon. And I'm not sure how we're going to get hold of it because, I mean, Pioneer traditionally, you know, we don't have connections with those kind of guys just purely because... They're a DJ thing, and we don't generally cover DJ stuff from a review point of view. Yeah, Rich. Mm. Well, I, I haven't had a chance to comment on the sorry, I'm t- 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 um, sorry. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> okay. Away. It's it's not it's not all that profound. But you were asking, you were kind of indicating you didn't understand why and what and everything. And I think we can all see that it derives in some level from machi- what we've come to know as machine-like behavior, yeah. and certain tractor elements uh, seem to exist on that thing as well. And uh, they're basically they're trying to get their hardware business back. Ah, okay. Is the short of it. Right. That's what they're trying to do. They own the SP twelve hundred was the standard, and their mixers became damn near standard for most for most of these guys. 
And now they're finding that their hardware business is disappearing down the avenue of Native Instruments in Ableton, and they want their hardware business back. Huh. Did they not re-release? Uh, did uh, no Technics didn't Technics re-release the uh, SL twelve hundred again? Isn't there a, isn't there a a kind of yes? There's a turntable yeah, now again, a classic SL twelve hundred reissue. Yeah. Oh, the romance! Uh, but, drop, uh, the, drop the needle on the record. As they say, ah, uh, yes. uh, oh, those <laughs> in those those good old <laughs> days, right? Okay, well, I think we'll just take a short break for a message from our sponsors, and we'll be back with you in uh, one sec. Isotopes Vocal Synth, the plugin for processing vocals, We've got a vocoder module, up to five harmonies and unison polyvox. This is called. There's also a vocoder, which is more your classic vocoder sound. And also a CompuVox, which is kind of a different flavour. Sounds more like the sort of Sennheiser type of vocoder sound. Talkbox, without the uh, dribbling. If you want to check out VocalSynth, head to isotope.com forward slash VocalSynth. Think outside the box. Okay, and aside from that, we've also, uh, last week we, had, we ran a competition, uh, which is a Twitter competition. You'll need to be on Twitter. Pretty simple. It's not high as a Twitter aren't one of those. Uh, you could turn off all the notifications if you're not on Twitter, but, you know, it's, it's still a, a great way for us to be able to pick winners. And we have a winner for last week. Last week we asked you to tweet the hashtag TalkBoxLove and VocalSynth. And we have a winner called Source Orcs. Source as in source that you would have on your stake, perhaps, underscore orcs, at source underscore orcs because that's really hard to say uh anyway he said uh, or she said i would love to use this focal synth for my younger clients that are just learning to sing so there we go uh, and now you can because uh, you are a winner if you get in touch with us uh via email contact form on the site uh we'll get the isotope people to drop that into your account and you can check it out we've also got uh, another competition for this week uh that will be uh we're asking for the hashtag not just a vocoder because it does a lot of other stuff besides, and the hashtag VocalSynth, that's the hashtag not just a vocoder, and the hashtag VocalSynth to at SonicState and at Isotope Inc. via Twitter. So just to reiterate, not just a vocoder, and the hashtag VocalSynth to at SonicState and at Isotope Inc., and you'll be entered for the competition. We thank you once again for your sponsorship, so uh, do check it out, and as we say, you can download the demo, isotope.com forward slash VocalSynth. Righty-ho. I, I, I took a bit of uh, skipping. Oh, I'm going to go with this because this is just so atmospheric. Now, this is a Russian synthesizer. I don't think it's in production yet. It's called the Lyra 8. There was a Lyra 4. And it, what it reminds me of a bit is the Swarmatron. So it's eight oscillators, all individually tunable with different waves, distortion, and... But it's got a Russian voiceover, and it, to me it sounds like the soundtrack of an experimental Russian movie. And I, I listened to this for such a long time, because it's so evocative, and the sounds it makes... There are subtitles under there, you're probably not going to read it in uh, YouTube uh, resolution. This is using a lot of distortion, and this, this goes on for ages, <laughs> but there's some cleaner sounds, and it sounds to me just absolutely brilliant. What you see down there, there's basically two sets of four oscillators, left and right, and the keyboard isn't really a keyboard, those little rows of switches or screws switch on, trigger each oscillator in the group of four individually. 
от глубоких подводных басов до пронзительных. I must have one. I mean, I can't afford one, actually. But uh, incidentally, I, 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 at the moment, the only way you can get in touch with him is via the um, email address in the comments for that YouTube video. And he's saying, I'm just, you know, news coming soon. You can get on a waiting list. He's thinking five or 600 euros, which actually seems low to me for you know the, that level of electronics i don't know but maybe i'm right considering it's boutique and it's one-offs you know that seems seems like it could be fairly reasonable i don't know um i spoke to ty <laughs> and he said yeah i've ordered one <laughs> of course because i sent him a link and he just said that sounds absolutely amazing and i think i got a similar reaction from you uh Chicky. you kind of you, you were yeah. like wow that does sound it, it really did sound good didn't it i love that i love that box i'm just I, I just see the picture and I'm projecting onto it everything I could possibly do musically. I love that sort of stuff. I, like, I'm, I'm sort of obsessed with a particular genre of music called Vaporwave. And that just seems like the ideal tool for making that sort of stuff. I mean, some of that stuff is a lot of sample-based, but just these types of drones. I, I can imagine, though, like you, can make, you can make beautiful sounds with it. I can imagine it getting very ugly very quickly and, you know, having to do a lot of editing, which if you watch that video, there, there's quite a bit of editing and it. you can tell it probably veered off in some crazy direction. But it's, it, to me, it's like 34 minutes or whatever of just bliss. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's to, totally my, my kind of thing. I don't know. Totally I, I was trying to see whether it had, I, did, I only saw power in and audio out. I didn't see any CV control because if you could CV control possibly the two banks, separately i i don't know i didn't say am i wrong rich you sounded like you're about to... no i don't know that you're wrong but i saw a video on the sidebar while i was watching this one uh that mentions using the four the whatever the layer of four thing is yeah. called for version uh with control voltage so somebody did a video of using the four with control voltage so one might hope that his eight product would do that as well i would hope so um Boy, I'd like to hear the beautiful stuff. I, it was fun, and it was cool, and it was great, and I think it'd be really cool to have one. But I'll, I heard all kinds of different versions of grungy and dirty and <laughs> frequency modulated and sidebandy and distorted, <laughs> delays swirling around. And it's got, it almost has the character of a VCS3 in terms of the audio presentation. Uh, it's yeah, not yeah, yeah, some yeah. sort of big wide full bandwidth let me sparkle you with high frequency kind of thing it's just uh anyway it, it was it was cool i love it it's, one of those it. that... it's interesting that it has that you know you trigger manually eight different basically signal paths you can call them oscillators if you want but uh it's just really interesting yeah I, I i i kind of i i could imagine basically you know sitting sitting down with that and just spending an evening wandering off into desolate landscapes <laughs> I know. I think like maybe someone like Ulrich Schnauss would really love something like this, where you've just got these sort of—it's almost like frozen washes, you know—that kind of thing. That just, yeah, it just sounded great. Uh, I don't know. Uh, have you made inquiries, uh, Chicky, about about this by any chance? I've, I've asked people I know in the uh, in the the dealership side of, of things, and they they didn't really know much about it. I tell you, when I watched that video, I, I sort of halfway expect by, by listening to the sound quality of it. I, my first thought was, this is something you really need to have a very strong limiter 
on the output of that because it can just destroy speakers. And I sort of halfway expected to see sparks flying out of the <laughs> out of the output. It's like it felt like like the old days when I mean I mean long time ago. I don't do this anymore. But I used to take like batteries and connect to speakers or connect power out of the out of the wall to a speaker just to see what it would do. You know, it, it's like those kind of sounds are super direct and very electronic sounding. <laughs> just you know, and will kill your speakers, of course. Or you. I don't don't, do that don't try this at home, I folks. Don't do that anymore. Uh, that, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's got, uh, as far as I can tell, it had, uh, so you've got individually tuned oscillators, but you can also, uh, I think you can modulate them in separate, so two banks of four. You can change the waves of each of the oscillators, and you can FM in pairs of oscillators across banks. I mean, it just, there's a huge amount of just interesting stuff going on there. And uh, and it's, uh, the thing I liked about it is there's something unlike, you know, because often you see these things and you just go, yeah, great, but it, all it does is, I mean, it may not have resonated with you quite so much, Rich, but sometimes, you know, you see these amazing mo modular stuff and you just go, well, I'm not sure how musically relevant any of that stuff is, whereas this I could kind of go, okay, yeah, add something with a lot of bottom end to that, give it some low, you know, I, I could see that in a couple of synths, you've got a live set that could last for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I can see though, you know, but having something like that, it's like it's one it's kinda of like with a lot of modular stuff in the sense of, you know, you make music and then you go, Oh wow, we really, really want to get into this and then you get that and then you basically just stop making music. You just start making noises and spend years yeah. just making this evolving seascape of noise, which I love. But it's not I not for everyone. Understand. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm no, not I'm, sure how big the audience would be, Rich, for my live uh, uh, multi-hour ambient noodling using that synth. But you know, there you go. It, I would look like it would be a lot of fun to use live, actually, in one of those sort of improvisational uh, scenarios. Yeah, well, it was interesting that, that we saw um, Adrian Utley at the Charles Hazelwood, and I forget we we talked about it. I forget the name of the composer who did all the Thunderbird stuff. He was using the uh, the the Swarmatron, and he he now often gets to you know gets asked for gigs to come along and play that you know plays guitar obviously very well and and but he brings a swarmatron along and maybe a mini and that, and just adds a touch of electronic but that it's the sort of novelty i guess the thing about this is it looks a lot smaller the swarmatron is a big kind of hammerite green thing very steampunk with all sorts of stuff and people yeah. just kind of go yeah i want that on stage with us i don't know what it does but yeah we'll have that so yeah i i, I think uh i if he's if he's going to be making them, then I, I'm going to keep an eye on that news because I definitely would like to try and get hold of one of those. I think that just looks like a great. Uh, Five hundred euros is completely reasonable. That's a completely reasonable price. Now, if he can do it for that, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I, I suspect he's probably not versed with the uh, the the thought of nine months sitting in his his shed making you know twenty of them for for people because he could probably sell a lot more than that but then it's the scaling up and the, that's the difficult part for those, that, those kind of things but that also the beauty of it it's not available for everybody you know you, you're lucky if you can get one it makes it have a certain more cachet so i hope he would make enough money out of that to kind of make it worthwhile for him you know because it's going to be a lot of work presumably and it does but it does have tons of character um, 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 right, let me see what else. Did I miss a video? I miss, oh, oh yeah, this was one. Um, 
that we posted a Facebook meme uh, like not like long ago. I can't remember. They, these things go by very fast, which was uh, basically just that time when you've been tweaking the compressor for the last five minutes and you realise that it's not been plugged in or in bypass or whatever. And I was thinking, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I've been doing that kind of stuff. Or, or in my case, it's quite often editing large amounts of MIDI on a performance in a DAW and realise it's the wrong track that you know then is useless because it wasn't the right one to start with and to try and trans so i got similar stories that i don't know uh, about you i i guess rich i don't want to, this this seems like you know one of those things does, does it happen it must happen you know because we've all said those stories as well about oh. a I once uh, it's famous to the people who the, the half a dozen of us were in the room but uh one time many many years ago at skyline studios we're working on a mix in the control room, and our buddy, the engineer, is over there twisting a knob, and every single one of us is swearing that that stuff is getting brighter. And um, he turned around and said, uh-oh. And what do you mean, uh-oh? Well, it's not even plugged in. <laughs> and how, how long and, did this and I'm talking about six knowledgeable record-making mofos in, this, in the same room all swore simultaneously that that thing was getting brighter. And it wasn't. It's funny, isn't it? That's an absolute uh, cast iron uh, reason for blind testing, right? <laughs> so you can't go, yeah, yeah, what do you think of this? Sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, it's the absolute reason. I know, but that, that does, it does happen. I don't know. I, I'm guessing in a live situation, I mean, it does happen, but it's more likely that you're going to hear it because of the scale of the production is, it, you know, it's easier to hear when nothing's happening. Or am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, every it, for live stuff, every adjustment that you make, you've got to do it in very small increments, very slowly, because otherwise um, you're going to really shock the crowd in a way that you don't want to shock them. Although in the studio, it, that kind of stuff does happen. It, it, like, it's happened to me over the past week because I've been doing a lot of uh, melodining on vocals, and I'm trying to fix timing. And so with the timing stuff, you know, with EQs, I'll just go and find frequencies. So I turn up really high to find the frequency I want and then strip it out or add it in, whatever. But with with timing stuff, I'll just move things in very small increments. And I'm like trying to shift these backing vocals so they're all in time. And I'm swearing it's getting closer and then push it a little bit farther. And then pretty soon I just turn off the track and then realize I've been adjusting some some other track somewhere <laughs> the whole time. Which now makes it, you know, I've got to go through and like do the, my 32 steps of undo. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's a nightmare. But yeah, I've, I've done that a few times. But with compressors and EQs, I don't. I don't do it so much because I do it in, like, I really do intense changes first just so I can find frequencies or, or just squeeze things to see what they sound like. Live, it's a little trickier. But my, my, my setup, despite the way I described it earlier, my setup live is actually quite logical. So I, I always know if I'm on something that's that's being heard. So, Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I guess... But I guess on stage it might happen where you're going, can I have a little bit more of that? And, you know, because quite often the setup on stage, you know, can you drop that a couple of dB or can you drop the filter on that sound so that in the mix it doesn't stick out so much because you might be getting a stereo. I guess you probably get quite a lot of that when, when they're going, I am, I am, I am. And it's like, no, oh, no, I'm not. Yeah. Must... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, try, I try not to do monitor stuff too much. I like to stay on the, uh, on the calm side of the multicore. Uh, although when I, when I was with Prince... Uh, we were doing monitors from front of house. We we're doing 36 monitor wow. sends from front of house. Yeah, it was crazy. He did, didn't really he didn't really trust having monitor engineers, so he'd rather have 
you know, a front house engineer trying to mix his show, you know, all 40 channels of a show and then 36 monitor sends uh-huh. all in stereo. You know, it's crazy. So, but, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's very, it was very easy to, to make mistakes in that scenario. Um, for the live stuff, the, the only time I ever, I've had people go, oh yeah, can you get a little more snare in the mix, which is, or something like that. And it's, you know, people, not OMD, but people, other people I've worked with, they'd be like, uh, yeah, just more, put more snare, and he's a little bit more snare, and I'm sort of thinking, well, they're telling me that's from stage, behind the PA, but okay, and then I'll reach for it, and I haven't touched it yet, and they go, okay, that's perfect. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, I, great. <laughs> I've been there as well. I mean, I used to do mon- well, monitors. Sorry, Rich. Anybody who thinks that he's going to tell the front of house engineer what it should sound like from the stage <laughs> has got a severe disconnect, and you would think most of these people would know better. Yeah, including including our little friend who I'd heard this about. Well, I was forcing yeah. his front of house guys to mix wanders, and I also heard that he was having a sort of revolving door of front of house engineers because of the the rigors of trying to deal with his his needs. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. That was. Uh, I, I when I joined that tour, uh, the most senior or the person who'd been on there the longest was had been with him for three months. Um, there you go. And, you know, most people I work with, you know, like I've been with OMD for seven years now. Right. Um, you know, and, and the guy before me had been with them for 25 years. And, you know, it's like people just, they use tour managers and front of house and Martin. They may go through more monitor engineers, but um, front of house and, and tour managers, they, they'll stay with them for years. But with Prince, it's like, yeah, every month or so. And actually, when I first got hired on that tour, I was hired to shadow somebody. Who got fired three shows in? Wow! So what? <laughs> during, uh-huh. during a show, halfway during the show, he got fired, and I was like suddenly put on the console. And like, during the and show, whoa. yeah, yeah, during the show, and and actually, wow. After after the first show, my job, as far as I saw it, was to make sure that guy does not get fired <laughs> because I do not want to. And my missus was like, <laughs> "Whatever you do, keep your head down and don't get shot." <laughs> just, just unbelievable. Which call. which tour was that, then, Chicky? The uh, the Third Eye Girl tour, the uh, I think it's called the Hit and Run Two European tour. It was the it's the last major tour he did of Europe. Ah, okay, right. I mean, that is interesting what you're saying because I mean, like you do, uh, musicians for all that kind of creative and out thereness are generally uh, or any kind of performers are generally very pedestrian and conservative when it comes to changing the personnel that are around them because it's another worry you know this works you don't really want to have to worry about a new guy maybe you know do you, how long does it take to trust what they do and, and when you find people you do tend to stick with them that's a really interesting way of working to keep it fresh <laughs> i don't know I, I i'm not quite sure what the uh, what what the what the motivation would be behind that but i um, so okay the next question is how long did you last <laughs> uh i was with him for if I remember correctly, the tour is supposed to last. Well, I I found out about the tour on a Saturday, and then we left the tour on a Tuesday. Oh, and then he froze. Oh my oh, God! I can't the, believe it. I suspense. can't believe it. Oh, it's gonna have to. Come. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's Tuesday. <laughs> we gotta know what's gonna happen. Oh, that was poetic. I can't believe that. We've waited around since Saturday. Oh wow! It's Tuesday. We're leaving for the road. And now we don't know. Oh wow! That, that I'm sure. I don't know if that was kind of you know maybe divine intervention or something. That was that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. Yeah, uh, that's enough of that. I don't want to hear any more. Still headed 
From heaven, yes, I understand. Ah, right, okay. So I need to... Uh, let me just go... Uh, <laughs> we're waiting. No, 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 we're waiting. Somebody, now we can't talk about anything else because we've got to have. We've got to have Tricky in the chat room. Been fired in the middle of the broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> can you guys hear me now? I can. Yeah, that was just you were just so you left and we were leaving on the Tuesday and we were left in this kind of like. So, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. that's all right. I think I lost you. Again. No, I can hear. How crazy! Is that's that? really crazy. I, I, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> Hello, hello. One, two. Come in, please. Yeah, I can. I can hear you. I'll tell you. I'll try you once. Okay. Before. All right. Wow. That's the best. Isn't that, that the, the best way for an anecdote? Just one second. I'm going to make Charles uh, uh, the right side. Did you guys see me? I see you now. Yes. Nick is going to recalibrate uh, you to the screen you're on so that we can see you better. Okay. But in the meantime, you left off. The, it was Saturday. Well, you heard Charles, about the that was awesome. Tuesday, the timing of that po of that freeze was just absolutely <laughs> awesome. So yeah, the, the, so the question still remains. Right, so you were, and you were leaving on the Tuesday, and <laughs> yeah, I, I heard about it on Saturday. We the, I asked when the tour was going to be, and he goes uh, Tuesday, and I said, "You mean like a month from this Tuesday?" Because that takes takes me about a month to really prepare a tour. He's like, "No, Tuesday." So it's like, okay, I canceled all my clients. Went on this tour. I was supposed to be on it for like three weeks, and he kept adding shows. And uh, I think I was on it for about a month. And then I left right before the last show. I, like, as I was, we did the roundhouse shows in London, and my missus was like, You look like you're being marched off to a death camp. I was like, Yeah, it's just, I can't take it. I can't take it. So that was the end of it. <laughs> Wow. So well, that must have been quite exciting. Though. I mean, it, you know, just to be able to say you've actually worked with a guy, you know, somebody that legendary. I mean, I guess, you know, you've worked with a lot of people, but uh, that that's great. I, 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 yeah. And and the fact is that, I mean, the band were absolutely on it, right? Well, this was uh, the third eye girl. So this is the three girls that you have with him. And he would bring occasionally a couple of other people on stage with him. And I, they were they were great. They were great. I mean, he was great. He's just such an amazing performer. Tricky yeah. to tour with, but oh my God, what an amazing performer that guy was. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. He will be. He will be sadly, sadly. Yeah, missed. absolutely. But yeah. Uh, ah, well, no. Thanks for the story. That's great. Um, let's see. Uh, well, gosh, actually, we're um, we're nearly there, aren't we? There was something that I had here which I thought was kind of cool. Let's see if I play this. This was fun. This is just a little bit of something to end the show with. So let me see if I turn this up. This is another amazing instrument from Kokonikolazi. Uh, a stepper motor with. Looks like a wooden case and a contact mic. I love that. It reminds me, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. I, I don't think you can buy it anywhere. I don't know why. He makes these sort of mechanical things, you know, that, that and that, that, because stepper motors, we've been looking at stepper motors here for uh, controlling um, cameras. 
And the one thing that we found is they're just too noisy. They sing, you know, that's what they do. But the, we're working at probably higher frequencies so that you can get really pronounced pitches out of them. And that's just a brilliant usage of it. And he does a load of this stuff. And it's just, it, it reminds me of a bit of a hurdy-gurdy. Have you ever seen one of those? I've never touched or played a hurdy-gurdy, but I would like to based on that. And but Or I'd like to get one of those. <laughs> I believe it was yesterday I posted a video of somebody jamming his ass off on a hurdy-gurdy, believe it ah. or not, and, and who had a looping pedal wow. for it, too. <laughs> Just in case you thought everybody doesn't have a looping pedal, the hurdy-gurdy guy does, <laughs> and uh, knows how to use it and is not afraid to use it. And uh, it was fascinating to me to hear this thing and to see how it worked. Yeah. I don't think this is really, I don't think Hurdy Gurdy was the topic, but uh, you asked. Yeah, no, that's true. But it sort of <laughs> reminds me of that, because they're, they're amazing. Actually, Hurdy Gurdies are amazing instruments. They're beautiful things. I mean, they're incredibly complicated from what I gather. But as a, and, everybody, and everybody brings up Donovan. Yeah, oh, the Hurdy Gurdy man. As soon as yeah. you mention Hurdy Gurdy, which I yeah. guess, you know, you could do worse. He obviously hit on, he struck a chord. But I don't say. know that that's he, did he actually all. use a Hurdy Gurdy or just talk about a Hurdy Gurdy? I think it was, no, he wrote a song called Hurdy Gurdy Man. But I don't think it had a Hurdy Gurdy. On it. No, I don't think so. Yeah, well, I, I guess that's that's. Yeah, I guess that's. Uh, but but hurdy gurdy by association. I don't know. What do you think of this, Chicky? I thought it was lovely, actually. But um, I'm just. I can't imagine what it's like to play. <laughs> but it was great fun. Yeah, I love. I love stuff like that. I, I just. I wish I had time to build something. Like I've got someone gave me for Christmas. I'm pointing to the cabinet back there. Someone gave me for Christmas one of those. Build it yourself, synths, you know, sing, single loss later synths. And I love stuff like that, but it's still sitting in the box because I'm touring or because I have sessions. And I, it's really hard to convince my clients when they're sitting behind me to let me just play around building something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, Wait, I've got to build the synth first. Yeah. I'm using yeah. a custom synthesizer just for your project, but I have to build it first. <laughs> if you want to use it, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I would love to, love to get into something like that, but I just. I, I, you know, I have to say from his video, I love his sense of rhythm. It's just like really laid back. That was really nice. And good use of the contact mics. So. Yeah, he says, actually, uh, it sounds great if you put it through a distortion pedal and other things. And I, I can imagine it probably does. But I just like the simplicity of that. It's just such a beautiful little kind of uh, thing. And I'm get, I think on the back, later on in the video, I think he turns it upside down. And uh, I don't know if I can play this or not. Let's see. I don't know how this works with Facebook. Yeah, I think those switches there are like octave switches. Now it's starting to kind of get into the dentistry sort of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, I guess that's really low. I mean, that, that's really... Actually, it goes right down low. So it's, it's subsonic. So it's kind of got that uh, almost like a... Guero or something like that. It sounds like the Isotope vocal sound. There you <laughs> go. So yeah, bringing it all together. Which I gotta say, I know they're your sponsor, but oh my gosh, I love that program. That is so cool. I got it while I was on tour, and I've been playing with it every day since I've been back. It's very cool. It, just to run keyboards through and everything. You know, just, oh really? What? So, so so what are you? You harmonize keyboards? What what are you using it for? Like I I've, I've been running my OP one through it. Um, it just the way it does the pitch correction, you have the pitch correction a little bit slow, and it makes everything have a slight wow and flutter to it. And I, I love modulation like that. Unpredictable. And it doesn't know really how to deal with with like when patches over with that when a like you have a little bit of delay on something, and so obviously pitches are overlapping each other. It doesn't really know how to deal with it, and since it doesn't know how to deal with it, it's really interesting what comes out of it. So 
I've been running everything through the vocal server. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. To, nice to, uh, that's sometimes the case. I mean, it's like the old MS-20, isn't it? The pitch tracking, that, that what that can do. It, it just Things start to sort of disintegrate and feel really kind of unstable, but edgy. Yeah, some, some great sounds. Kind of, kind of like me, disintegrate, unstable, edgy. Ah, yeah. well, I wouldn't. You don't give that impression, <laughs> Chicky. So, uh, but we, maybe we haven't seen you at your at your at your edgiest yet. But it's early days. Well, folks, I think that feels like a great time to wrap things up. Uh, I want to say thank you very much to everybody in the uh, chat room. Uh, this is the sonicstate.com forward slash live chat room. And also the guys and gals in the YouTube chat room, uh, which I can't bring in. It's, it's Unfortunately, you can't embed the chat in there. It would be great to be able to merge them somehow and have it all one together in one big kind of IRC fest. But I haven't figured out how to do that. But anyway, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, once again, uh, don't forget, if you want to enter to win the competition, Petition. Uh, you need to tweet the hashtag not just a vocoder, that's one word, and the hashtag vocal synth to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Uh, and that will interview the competition and we can uh, announce the winner next week. Uh, it just remains to me to thank my guests, Rich Hilton. Thank you for joining us. Have a great uh, North American leg of your tour and then onwards. And we hope to see you again soon when it's all over. Um. I'm hopeful too. I I we'll see about next week. We'll see where what where the hotel is and where I'm at, what it's like. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's always fun. Then we can play the which hotel chain is 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 Richard. So far, <laughs> it's basically you're what you've won every single time. Although I did get what did I get? I got something right, the garden part of it, but that was it. That was just a complete guess. Uh-huh. But anyway, Rich, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure as ever. And also I want to say thank you very much to uh, new boy, Charles Chicky Reeves. Thank you for joining us. It'll be great to have you on another time uh, if you're available. I'll keep you posted of the topics. But uh, yes, thank you very much for joining us. Glad to, glad to. It's been a lot of fun. Okay, well, that's it for this week. Uh, we're going to wrap things up. Don't forget to subscribe uh, if you want to stay tuned. We've got, this isn't the only thing we do. We have interviews and we have uh, synth reviews, all kinds of reviews, lots of stuff coming up. Um, so, including some more DeepMind stuff if you haven't had enough of that already. Anyway, that's it for this week. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>